So, come on. What? Do the intro. I want you to talk first. Oh. Mm. Oh. Nah. <laughs> Welcome to the third episode of the podcast that I'm thinking of calling the Jason and Noel Comedy Hour. I'm okay with that. It will be over an hour. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's not completely comedic. We're still getting our footing. But it's, it's like a throwback to, to some... About comedy? Yeah. It's, it, the name makes it sound like it's all going to be fun and games, but then you click on it and it's like, we talk about uh, the ins and outs of comedy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And, not, and not in an entertaining way. Well, no, we want it to be entertaining. Like very, oh, we want it to be entertaining. We're, we're working on... Oh, I wish I'd known that two podcasts ago. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is the third podcast and the first entertaining podcast that All we right. will do. We're still getting our footing. We're still getting our footing. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's great to be here. It's great to have you guys. Um, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, we are recording this uh, on in February. We'll, February. February, and we'll release it uh, later. I just thought of a new topic. Okay, sure. Let's write it's it down. Hosting. Hosting. Hosting is a general is a general topic. So you know, both in podcasts and in Life. your in your oh, home. In your home. Yeah. It made me think about that because you were you you know, were like, Do you wanna start? And I was like, eh. No and that's my that's my general feeling towards hosting anything. You're hosting, the color man. Hosting people in my home. Yeah. If I'm we were sports announcers, man. I would say welcome to the game. So and so drops pack the pass, and you would say that is a good pass. I would, yeah. And then I would uh, tell a colorful story about my life that it reminds me of. Well, probably not during the action. Maybe at halftime. Yeah, I'm the I'm the idea person. I'm like a big idea person, and then you structure, which is weird because that's not our that's not our life. It's not how. In our life, I set a lot of the structure. Okay. But is this, <laughs> this podcast really is really feeling like you're structuring. About how I don't structure. Per, I'm life. just saying, it, who's? Let's be real. Who's the structure person in our life who sets things up, um, but clips the coupons, and it's uh, buys the you know she, and she I, does the research buys clipped, the couches plans the plans i clipped the most recent bob evans coupon which we haven't yeah, used but, yet did you even use a coupon before you met me yes of course did what kind you? of question is that for what i can't remember we met you nine had, years ago you didn't use a, <laughs> in the year 2000 in the year 2010 the first time oh, jesus christ you clipped coupons and you brought them to me, and you were so proud. That. Like, like when a dog brings you uh, something it's killed. <laughs> this, uh, this, I have no recollection of this story. The coupon was useful. It was for toothpaste. At least How do you one remember of them was this? For toothpaste because I'm the structure person. Okay, well, I use coupons life. before we met. Do you say coupons? I used to say coupon. You said coupon, which is dumb. You said it so much that I started saying coupon. I don't know if I do say coupon. 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 It should be a. I always said a coupon growing up. I think I always said coupon growing up. You started me saying coupon. But I think that I meant that as a joke. (laughs) 
because of the I sometimes say coupon because of the the Ron White bit. What's the what's that? I'm not going to do the bit okay. that he's got in one of his specials is it's it's a thing. People people who have seen it know coupon. Okay. So it's a it's a tongue in cheek. I wouldn't know. I've thought too much about it at this point. So I just avoid saying coupon. It now feels coupon. false to say coupon. Yeah. But I feel like I'm betraying my so own self. I'm just self. like, can I get one of those pieces of paper that saves money? Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a coupon. Oh, I can see our Bob Evans coupon from the fridge right now. Well, we'll go to Bob Evans soon, I guess. The, I almost Buckeye said our, our readers should know. Our listeners should know that a couple days ago we talked about going to Bob Evans, but we specifically did not go because we did not have the coupons on us. That's right. So what happened was we were driving to the grocery store and Bob Evans is on the way. You were trying you were saying like I could be talked into Bob Evans yeah, right now because you wanted me to you wanted me to You wanted me to basically take the fall. You want me to be the one who made the that decision. That feels defensive of you. <laughs> you but yeah, I wanted you to be like, Okay, yeah, let's definitely go to Bob Evans. I was starting the ball rolling. I wanted you to take it, throw it back to me. Uh, you did. You said I'll turn into Bob Evans right now, um, and then you said, "Do you have the the coupon, coup, coupon, coupon?" Yeah. And I said, "Oh no, we we can't go to Bob Evans." And I shut it down. We can't not I get four dollars off of twenty dollars when we could have had four dollars. I off brought of $20. it up and then I shut it down because of the coupon. That's how important coupons are to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's about saving money. I used my Bob Evans mug this morning. How'd it work out? It's a. It's probably my current favorite mug. You haven't peeled the sticker off the bottom, even though you've used it four times. Does that bother you? Yeah. Why? You psychopath. Let's unpack because this. Because you keep putting the sticker in the dishwasher. Okay. <clears throat> Take the sticker off. Okay. Do you know where that mug is right now? In the dishwasher yes. with a sticker on yes. it. Fully formed. Like, the sticker isn't even being washed off. I'm sorry for your loss. Every single so you won't just take time. the sticker off? No, it's your responsibility to take the sticker off. Oh, I have, in my mind, assigned you a set of jobs. <laughs> wow. That I just, I let you do, and it's good for our relationship. Okay, well, this is new to me. Yeah, this is new information for you. You assign is, jobs to me. This is the real world In right your here. head. Real drama. You don't... Yeah, it's part of the compromise that we have uh, of our life. The melding of our life. When we moved in together, you know, there's always... When you move in with another person, there's always some back and forth. you got to figure things out. Mm -hmm. You have to give a little... And, you know, I don't think it's a secret that I am a little, um, you know, I don't, I'm trying to think of a nice, like a type A personality when it comes to the home, keeping things clean. What is a type A personality? My I, dad used I to always say that he was a type A personality. I don't know who came up with it, but what it means is, like, you are very organized on the ball. It's, it's control. The negative side of that, though, is the controlling. Yeah. You're a controlling person. So I 
you know, where does that come from? I don't know. This feeling that you don't have control, probably. It's a way for controlling people deep to into re- my psyche. It's a way for controlling people to rebrand themselves. Maybe it's a way for controlling people to get disgusting people. <laughs> wow. To okay, so act right. I'm not disgusting. Well, <laughs> you're like <laughs> less disgusting than you used to be. So one of the uh, yeah. So what I'm saying here. Wow. Is that when you move in with another person, you are, no matter whether it's in a couple situation or a roommate, there's a little bit of give and take, right? You are sharing a living space, and so you have to make certain compromises. And one of the compromises that I made for us <laughs> is that you have some, uh, some jobs, some do, chores, do, but do I didn't tell. tell you about them do because tell. then you would stop doing them well now you have to tell me them i'll give you i'll give you an example Mm. of one of the chores that i do now this is a compromise for me too because by not doing it i am giving you control of the situation okay so you may not know this but (laughs) taking out the bathroom garbage is your job I haven't changed the bathroom garbage. <laughs> what? I've changed the bathroom garbage maybe once in the last five years. You're saying you just let it build up till I get sick of it? Well, you, let's you use it more. No. <laughs> so there's that. Excuse well, we both... me. Sometimes I go into the bathroom and there is a container that clearly doesn't fit in the bathroom garbage. Oh, I do that. Poking out of the bathroom. I do that. Okay, no, that's a joke. You use the bathroom garbage. I do that as a joke to piss you off. I'll take a giant empty soap refill bottle and put it in the garbage as a joke. You're doing something specifically to, to make me angry. Right, but it's a joke, and obviously once you see it, I would go in there and get rid of it. earned you is... A chore. <laughs> Taking out the bathroom garbage okay, is one so, of your chores. So what's chores. another example of this? Uh, that's enough for now. You know what? I I have... Have... Let's see how things go with the bathroom garbage moving forward, and then I'll... <laughs> you know, I have made compromises, chores. too. I know. I like living in filth. I know. And because I started living with you, I decided to live uh, in somewhat cleanliness. I know. You know? So I know that you've made some compromises. I like it when books build up in the corner and create dust and filth you and also, cobwebs. And... You don't <laughs> like to be... Uh, you, you don't like when people suggest that you don't live in filth. And so I mm-hmm. keep that from okay. you. That, you know, you have certain things. Because there are other things in that addition... you, you have never thought to do. Well, in addition to liking to live in filth, I also like to live in denial. Right. And I am a hypocrite. Yeah. So, so that is really... I'm a type B... I don't know if that is a thing. I'm a type G personality. And uh, as a type G personality... It feels like you're a type D personality. For douche or dick? <laughs> I was going to leave that to the listener's imagination. <laughs> <clears throat> but you went right... For it. This is fun so far. This is this has been fun. We're learning about each other. What have you been up to this past week? God, God, <laughs> most, I don't know. Most people who do podcasts together don't live together. Oh, that's so they're true. like, hey, what have you been up to since like, last we talked? But we hung out this morning and we drank coffee mm-hmm. together. 
after both having nightmares last night. Night. What did we? What did we have uh, last night? <laughs> nightmares. Nightmares. We had nightmares. Okay, fine. I say nightmare. Or nightmare. You had a nightmare. I don't know why I say nightmare. You had a nightmare. Yeah. I say nightmare. I'm sorry. Nighttime. I did, and it's because immediately before bed, we watched part of that Ted Bundy prob- documentary. That probably so I had a dream it. that the Ted Bundy shows. was my roommate. But in retrospect, as I said to you earlier today, mm-hmm. um, it's not scary at all for me to have Ted Bundy as a roommate because right. he never abducted a male. That, I mean, and there were some women. He was in that long-time relationship. We learned about that last night. <laughs> I mean... With a woman he did not abduct and torture, torture and murder. Yeah. Like, so for some people, it's perfectly safe to, to be yeah. intimate with Ted Bundy. But for others who did not willingly, like, weren't willingly intimate with Ted Bundy, I don't think... Well, I guess we don't know yet. Because well, we've only we watched one and a half episodes. That's true. So we don't know if, you know, how this yeah. worked. If I were Ted Bundy's roommate, it would work <clears throat> out because once he gets caught and then they make the documentary, I get to be interviewed. I thought you were going to say know? I get to live alone. And I go, Jason Moliterno, Ted Bundy roommate. That's true. I get to live alone. It's <laughs> like the dream it's like... when you're in college and living in the dorm that your roommate goes home. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then you get your own room without paying for it. There were a few, well, I remember when I was in college, there were a few people on the floor who, in the middle of the semester, they just left or quit or whatever. Yeah. So some, they didn't replace them. So there were people on my dorm who just, they lived alone in their room. They had you their own the, room. You did not live in the dorm the whole time. You got an apartment. Oh, no, I had an apartment after, uh, yeah, I had an apartment, yeah, my Sumner Street apartment. I don't know why I said the street That's what I... <laughs> It was well, like a. It was you don't a, live there anymore. I lived so. in it. It was like a. It was like basically a terrible motel that they converted into apartment. Like it was clearly a motel. It was. Sh- it was like a you shape, like an efficient. It's like they 20, added. What a, do you care? It's like, yeah, it's like they added a. You're sink. twenty and you love living in filth. No, it was perfect. They added like a vast <laughs> sink to a motel room. It was like a a jail cell, not unlike a jail cell. No, it, it was sink in the living room. It was spacious enough. Okay. I lived in the dorm, but then, as you know, um, but other people don't, I, uh, two semesters in, I transferred to the school closer to my hometown. Yes. Well, in my hometown. To your hometown of <laughs> And Greenville, so I moved back in with my parents, yeah. Yeah, not a bad deal. Yeah. You, so got, you got a taste a of nice college deal, life. Actually. And then you're like, all right, I don't want to pay for this anymore. I was like, I don't anymore. like this at all. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I mean, it was a more complicated decision than that, but not that complicated. But the point is that I did live in a dorm for two semesters, and I lived with, you know, one of my best friends. Um, but living with a person is hard. Yeah. Well, it's also, difficult. Also, they put, you have to share, if you go to a dorm, you don't just, usually you share a bedroom. Well, yeah, it's one room. Yeah, it's the, like... Like a jail cell. Sharing a, a living space and even a bathroom, <clears throat> but you have your own bedroom is more manageable than... That is. You well, that's never not get rid of this going. person. That's not the, the setup we have here either, but... You and I? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we well, we're together. We're a couple. That's true, but when we're still a... two different people. Right, who... but when you're a couple, it's it's okay that you share all living quarters. Probably. And a bedroom. 
you're like in this for the long haul, so you know that it changes the dynamic. Well, yeah, you, you know you have to put you, up with each you other. You picked a person, you dated for a while, you decided to move in. You don't move in. Some people move in immediately, and those people are called stupid. Uh, but yeah. but <laughs> not not to alienate anyone in our growing fan base, but it's a terrible idea to move in with somebody you just met. Yeah, no, it's stupid. There's no two ways around it. You're stupid. It's stupid. Uh, but anyway, what I was or getting to, the whole point here, the climax of this story, if you will, is that isn't it great when your roommate leaves? Yeah, it's good. And you good. can push the beds together and have one big bed. Did you do that? Of course I did that. But the beds are still single beds. Did you, aren't they like, like, did you like fall you got, in the middle of a crack? No, you got to put sleep a blanket side. in the crack and sleep sideways. That's so much work. No, it's not too much work when you have been sleeping in a single bed. A lot of people, um, like, had others stay over, and then you would sleep in the same single bed. Two people in a, in a twin bed is the worst. Yeah, probably, it's terrible. Probably the worst thing that can happen to an American. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> That's the worst. Having lived in America... My whole life, um, I feel like the worst thing. Sometimes the water's slightly brown and it's fixed by the afternoon. That's yeah, bad too. That's terrible. I get very entitled. Yeah. Your true colors really show when you have to do one of two things: sleep two people in a single bed, um, or uh, uh, you're you don't have running water for yeah. clean running water, or that's like true. you have to boil your water. First. I've never. I just waited for it to not be brown. Well, I've never boiled water, but you can like run it through the coffee maker. Oh, okay. And then okay. it's okay. Okay. So like when that happened, uh, when I used to work at Pizza Hut, or maybe it, you're not supposed to do that, and it's oh, <laughs> I've yeah? just revealed something about Pizza Hut. But like you could, um, yeah, we we would have to give bottled water to the customers if a uh, main broke or something, but uh, we could serve coffee. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Good story. Well, we have a lot of uh, topics on our list today. <laughs> a lot of topics. Do you want to go in order, or do you mm. want to? Do you want to? Uh... Yeah, let's go in order. Well, uh, the first thing I listed was your your class is an ongoing thing we've been talking about your comedy class. So, uh, <clears throat> okay, I did not have time this week to read the the last the two weeks. The You're last... two weeks behind. Yeah, we have not recorded this podcast in two weeks, and if you were in my class, <laughs> yes. You would be very behind right now. Well, I'm not in your class. Fortunately, yeah, I have true. access to the teacher, so I was going to ask you to do it maybe like a two-minute summary of each of the two articles. Two minutes? Are you going to time me? No. I mean, I just feel like that's an adequate yeah, uh, that's summary time. Yeah, that's probably Do you want to, like, well, do you really I need to gas like, on for 40 minutes? Do you want any commentary, or do you just want a total summary? Because, you know, one of the things that I'm dealing with with this class is that it's a new class. Mm -hmm. It's a new population of student for me. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I'm struggling with is, you know, what do I make? Is this too difficult for them? But I also feel like uh, there is a real dumbing down of education going yeah, on in sure. America, even at the college level. 
So I've been uh, to college. The, yes. Yeah. You're, you're, so everyone, there's a everyone who's down. been to college knows this. So I want to maintain a yeah. standard, and I don't want to waver. Yeah. But I want to be flexible so that you know if you if you hold the bar too high, then they're going to get overwhelmed and they're going to give up. So um, I'm wondering, you know, is that happening? So the way I set up this class is it's a class in humor and um, we need to really address head on the fact that there is relatively little uh, uh, about humor that's been written. Like we don't know. Humor or laughter is still something that is really uh, mind boggling to anthropologists and primatologists yeah. and uh, scholars of humor and I mean uh, psychologists we just don't really understand or agree that we understand why people laugh <clears throat> so I had to open with that <laughs> you know for a room full of 19 yeah. 20 year olds who are uh, mostly not English majors uh, and may somehow make it accessible to what them. are they majoring so, in did you, did you ask? Uh, yeah, I asked in the beginning, so I know, you know, I'm reading the room. Yeah. Uh, a lot of different things. I usually get um, a number of different majors. So I got like four English majors, an education major, a psychology major. So, you know, one thing that as an instructor you try to do is make it what you're saying matter to those people. For those people, uh, I can make this sort of matter for obvious reasons, I think. But then there are other people who are like business majors and stuff, you know. And you just got to find your opportunities to try to make it matter to them. But hmm. anyway, these are people who are probably not going to go on to study humor. <laughs> um, so this is everything that they're ever going to know about humor in an academic setting is happening in four months and you know so you want to give them a lot of information but at the same time there's you don't want to overwhelm them mm. uh, or make them throw up their hands and say what's the point of even doing this but because of the way humor is because we don't agree i had to open with theory which is very dense and not, Ooh. it's very difficult. It's not very accessible. But I have to give them a foundation. I have to give them a way of talking about humor or there's not a lot of point, right? We're just going around in circles. So before we start talking about the texts, right, we had to read a couple of things. And I chose the Boyd and the Farber because they have been integral to my own understanding of humor. Brian Boyd. Let's talk. Was that longer than two minutes? Oh, you want to talk about the articles too? That's right. Oh, I meant the okay. articles no, in two I, minutes. I know, I'm just kidding. Oh, you're, you're uh, so funny. <laughs> no, why do we I'm laugh? I'm so funny. Why do we laugh? So why funny. is that funny? So, oh, according boy. to Brian Boyd, right, Brian Boyd writes a play theory of humor. So, what he's saying is it's an evolutionary uh, approach to humor. And what he's essentially saying is that humor evolved from play. So, if you look at uh, animals, playing together and a lot of animals play mm -hmm. uh, and it is aggressive play and what he says is that it mimics uh, real world danger play is the point of play is to mimic real world danger so that you are uh, able to cope with those dangers 
um, when you are an adult, right? When they actually come up in the real world. Cool. So, um, you know, stimulate creative thinking and problem solving and what have you. So that's what humor is supposed to do, right? It mimics real world danger. And uh, then you laugh when you sort of triumph in this way. That's right? what or Brian Boyd. Relieved. Um, you're surprised with this. Yeah, that's basically what Boyd is saying. That that's where humor comes from. That's why we laugh. You really said that in like 30 seconds where he took yeah. like how many pages? Well, there's some more stuff. It gets a little more complicated. And oh, okay. what, what I draw from this theory and what I really like about it, what I emphasize about it in my own work, I say as though that work exists outside of my mind, is um, that... For, humor is often aggressive, so there's vi- that's why we see violence caught up in humor a yeah. lot of the time, um, and why. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. What? I'm. Happening? <laughs> I'm hot. I'm so I'm taking a some layer of clothes off. Okay. So for so, us, so for us, those dangers our, that we see might be. I'm ignoring the fact that you're pantsless. And I. Okay, we're recording an audio podcast. <laughs> the listeners don't but know what you I'm didn't, wearing. I have my body was filled with heat. I was becoming uncomfortable. There was a very easy solution called taking my pants off. I took my pants <laughs> you, off. You called attention to you it. You go to that solution a lot. Well, you st- <laughs> you called attention to it when you took your pants off. I submit that you are the one that called attention. I feel a lot better now. I don't okay. feel as hot as when I previously had my pants on. All right. Well, Moving on. Uh, I do have, I have underpants. Yes. I'm not. (laughs) To to be clear, you're wearing underpants. For now. (laughs) For now. Um, Anyway, back to, back to Brian Boyd. What I, what I like to emphasize, right, is that um, when humor uh, is uh, dangerous in a way, ooh, Mm. I like to make it sound we're the bad boys of of uh Brian Boyd the bad boy of scholarship uh, um because we work in real world vulnerabilities right Mm. we're sort of walking that tightrope between real danger and then signaling that within the context of the game that's a word that Brian Boyd uses that um that it's not dangerous right that there are there is some kind of limit here so that's often what I look at because what I'm really interested in right now when it comes to humor is the role of empathy mm. in humor and and how that works. So anyway, that's Brian Boyd. Mm. And uh, the next guy is Jerry Farber. Jerry I like Farber. his stuff a lot. Uh, and what he's trying to do is sort of survey what we've said about humor and how it works so far and then propose a new, more complex uh, a reason or theory for why we laugh. Uh, this gets kind of complicated. But essentially what he says is that, you know, building on incongruity theory, the idea that humor relies on some kind of incongruity, two conflicting viewpoints meeting each other, and then uh, assimilation, right? Making Somehow finding a way within the mind to um, make them uh, work. Mm. somehow to resolve the conflict if you will so he calls it incongruity resolution theory yeah he points out that 
not all incongruities and resolution cause humor. So if you solve a difficult math problem, right, you might feel happy about that, but you're not going to laugh about it so there's something different in humor and what he proposes is that the two conflicting uh entities well i don't know a and b right usually one is something that you want or some need you have um or i'm sorry b is some need you have a is like the um uh the social norm right or no what you know you should do does that mm. make sense? So if I like to think of it, it's easy to explain in like Freudian terms, right? B is your id and A is the superego. Okay. So, uh, or maybe your ego. So you've got this societal sort of convention. Mm-hmm. So if, for example, uh, you know, give me a joke. I can, th- uh, a joke? Yep. One of your jokes. Oh, uh, I can't think. I don't know. I'm not doing my, my joke. <laughs> You're not going to do a joke? I'll, I'll, re- I'll repeat the make, joke. Make everyone laugh, funny man. I'll repeat the blonde joke that Mike told last night. Okay, that was a blonde joke. <laughs> well, this is like an old school joke. It was, it was like a blonde. I don't know if that one will work. Oh, because, because it's an old school societal... joke. No, it just doesn't work within the. It does work within this context, but I wanted something that more clearly works within this context. So let's say, for example, I'm making a joke about, um, I don't know how, uh, like. What do you... Oh, hi. How's yeah. it going? <laughs> I was just moving your head closer to the microphone. Okay, so the joke that's coming to mind right now is like a joke uh, Jim Gaffigan would make okay. about, um, you know, not putting on pants, right? Have you ever had any... Like, have you ever had anything or one thing to do or And you put it like off all day. You put it he off says, well, I gotta go to the post office. Yeah. I have to put pants yeah. on for that. Yeah. I'll do that next week. So, okay. the thing that, you, you know, the thing that you should get done is the A, right? We all have to do things that we don't want to do, and the B is, but I don't want to do it. Uh-huh. Like I'm feeling lazy. Yeah. And those two things are in conflict in the beginning. Uh, so, what happens is, in Jerry Farber's theory, is that the, um, there isn't a resolution, not in the sense that there isn't like a math problem, but uh, temporarily you suspend your A, your super ego, right? You uh, and you let the B take over, and you relate to that, right? This like fault, this vulnerability. Um, Empathy comes into play right. here. And if we're using Brian Boyd, and Jerry Farber does refer to Brian Boyd, it's one of the reasons that I use. Was Bra- was Brian Boyd Jerry Farber's mentor? No. Can we get one not, of them on the show? Not that I'm aware of. Maybe. I don't know what they're doing right now. But uh, essentially, within the context of the game, within the context of this joke, the B can temporarily undermine the A, right? So the thing that... But it doesn't mean that with you walk out of the theater and now you've changed, right? You're never going to run errands again. Within the context of this Jim Gaffigan joke, the fact that you are feeling lazy, right, temporarily undermines the fact that you've got to get stuff done. Yeah. And you Comedy doesn't resolve that. anything. Not immediately. At least not within Jerry Farber's sort of... Theory. There was a quote from Woody Allen and where I would, he... said something like comedy doesn't solve an issue it just kicks it around a little bit i think that's true but also i think temporarily i think that it can plant 
uh, what I like about comedy is that it can plant this conflict or like show this conflict. Mm. And I would argue and might eventually argue if I'm ever allowed to, <laughs> we can talk about my career later, that, uh, that comedy is um, uh, inherently self-reflexive and Socratic. So it leads people to their own uh, uh, faults, right? It leads people to correct, to self-correct. And it's more effective in that way and efficient in that way um, because you're not telling people what to do. You're not lecturing them. We can talk about lecturing in comedy oh, some other time. I heard maybe, a pretty recent example of that. Maybe in a minute. At an um, open mic, it was very clear lecturing. Like, that's lectures aren't <laughs> funny. Being told no. what to do isn't funny. No. Also, if the person lecturing is wrong, that makes it worse. Yeah. But it, it often doesn't work because well, people don't like to be told what to do and people don't like to be told they're wrong. But if instead you can lead people to see a conflict within their own logic, then eventually that can affect change so i think that's what makes comedy so powerful and it also sort of it's capable of creating sort of social alliances so it's capable of both dividing people in an us and them sort of way but also including people in a hey we're all laughing at this together sort of yeah i would also argue that the resolution there is a resolution that happens in comedy but the resolution is not um necessarily that uh, one thing suddenly takes precedence over another, but that um, it's you can see both sides. And you can see that you see both sides. So the resolution is that you can accept the conflict. I'm trying to think now. I mean, he's not the most prized person anymore, but Louis C.K. was always really good at kind of showing both sides yeah. of a situation where if he talks about his frustration with his children, you can see it from his point of view, but there's also an empathy with the other side. Yeah, I like to use him as an example a lot, but it gets complicated now. Well, yeah, I mean, reasons. I mean, yeah, because then his it, you off, come up with his off stage with a different stuff clouds topic, the issue, which but is I something was... that we can actually talk about those disruptions in the comedic persona. Oh, because of what someone does off stage. Yeah, okay. we talked about this yesterday. Well, obviously, the most flagrant Cosby, example was yeah. Bill Cosby. Because yesterday but, was our cheat or our cheat day from keto, and I had we had peanut butter how pancakes. Did this lead to Bill Cosby, I don't remember. We had peanut butter pancakes in the morning, and it made you think of Bill Cosby's cake for breakfast. Oh, right. Joke, which I had never heard, so we YouTubed it. Yeah, because I'd say that sometimes when I want to eat something that I'm not supposed to. It's just made it into my vernacular. It's part of that's yeah that there's there's eggs and chocolate cake like that yeah uh, it was a funny joke funny about that but also it's tainted now for obvious reasons well the the the, the many rapes well the the joke is bill cosby is painting a picture of him as a father and his wife wants him to cook uh breakfast for the kids and obviously he doesn't want to and he gives in to the to the toddler's the toddler sees chocolate cake in the background and he rationalizes chocolate cake as having eggs in it. It's an excuse for him not to make breakfast. He serves the kids cake. They like it. They cheer him on. And then the mother comes downstairs and they betray him. 
So. And then she <laughs> she says like he he makes the mother take on says like go to your room or something. Which it's is like what and then I and he says what I wanted place. to. Yeah. yeah, so it's a very well developed bit, but it's now tainted by the fact that Bill Cosby uh, had some off stage um, raping. Is yes, the word you're he was. Uh, for. He there did was some, some bad things. He did some bad things. Happening, pretty bad, very bad. Is, um, you know, has I'm sure been devastating for a lot of people, including yeah. the the victims, as you pointed out yes. yesterday. But <laughs> mostly to the victims, from, but anyone yeah. who um, looked up to but him. This is a whole topic we could tackle probably some other time. I think. And tackle it, we will. Okay, cool. Why did you have? Did you not want it's to actually on it now? My, well, it's on my syllabus. Oh, okay. but I think too that you know, there's only so much school work you can put into a podcast. Oh, you feel like we've talked enough about your class, and you and you, we should <laughs> well, move on to a different know, again, topic of conversation. Probably at some point in the near future. Yeah, I mean, okay. you don't want to get too heavy is this yeah. what we want to do the whole time talk about talk Bill Cosby. About, well talk about humor theory no we don't have to we can move on to welcome to this funny funny podcast <laughs> now for 90 minutes of humor theory if you think about the way the brain works in I... within the context of human history I would like to point out that I would listen to you talking in that voice for 90 That's minutes very sweet. <laughs> Since the dawn of time, man has had one thing in common. Through the building of civilizations and the crumbling of civilizations, we have all laughed. <laughs> that's going to be... I imagine the clouds... That's going to wear on you after a while. No, no, yeah. I would listen to nine minutes within my Within the context of that game, which you didn't see, was the, I mean, probably in your mind's eye, was the building of civilizations uh, and the, uh, yeah, the crumbling of, of civilizations. And it was all sped up. I think humor exists more in the during the in crumbling the film, of in the film civilizations. Version. Maybe, but I think in a in a um, like a becoming reborn sort of way, I do think that humor really uh, is at the root of, or can be at the root of uh, crumbling uh, civilizations in when they're not working. I'm making the point that when a civilization is being built, everyone's too busy putting the logs together to make art. Like well, during the first years of America, like there's no like art from like that era right i don't know that's, like that's too practical i think that one of <laughs> how many writers are I from the 1700 america i think that's know? probably too black and white civilizations don't just go up and down and up don't and down they? don't they no only Fine. in the beginnings of documentaries oh so i mean there's small crumblings if you will Say, small crumblings is the name of the bakery i'm going to open <laughs> <laughs> A great <laughs> and we would sell tiny desserts, of course. Um, In a very <laughs> small New York location. Obviously. Um, but, you know, we wouldn't advertise and we wouldn't let people in. No one's allowed in. Small okay. Welcome to Small Crumblings. <laughs> Today's flavor raspberry. We're smoking it. I don't know what's this. What? Infusion bars were like, they make, 
drinks that you smoke. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't either. So, moving on. Yeah, what, what were we talking about? Um, well, I had been talking about Brian Boyd, or uh, Jerry Farber. Oh, yeah. But, uh, so that's essentially where we are. And now, you are very behind, so we already did that in my class. Um, and then we moved on to the, what I would say is the easier stuff. And Huck we're talking Finn. About Huck, Huck Finn. Huck well, Finn. I'm going to read oh. Huck Finn for next podcast. Okay, so then I'll save my story for that. Yeah. Okay. Our next topic of conversation is uh, saving remind money. Of, remind me of a story, though. For the about podcast? Huck, no, about Huck Finn. Oh, for when we record that episode. Yeah, it's not like a story story. It's a situation that I'd like to get your take on. That happened to you or Huck Finn? That happened to me. About Huck Finn. About Huck Finn in class. Oh, my God. Yeah. Someone it's raised their hand. And no. And they were he like, didn't. I don't like the cut of this Huck's jib. Do you jib. want me to... No, save it. Okay. Save it. This is the... This is the this is a tension. Tease. This is the tease that keeps this people coming back for more. What happened for to me? People to listen to episode in class. four. Right? It it might not it it might not end positively for me. I don't know. I still haven't figured out where I come down on this, but it's it's an interesting conversation. I think. Oh, well. Our next topic of conversation is the very unfun practice of. Saving money, very unfun in the moment, but once it's saved, once it's saved, you're like, I think it can be fun, but I'm a super dork. Like I understand how other people would not see it as fun. I'm just a regular dork, but I love saving money. Like I give myself credit for when I don't buy something I don't need. I also like. (laughs) I give myself a little. I'm trying to find. But it's also kind of not fun. I'm trying to find a way to quantify it. Like, I haven't figured out yet, but what I've come up with so far is every day in February, February, that I don't spend money, extra money, on something that is not food or gas, I get, like, a little green check mark. You, wait, you give yourself a green <laughs> check mark? I give myself a green check mark. Ah, oh, Jesus I Christ. Wish, I was thinking about buying myself stickers. But then you sticker. got, you gave it's, yourself a check mark for not buying stickers. That's a good point. I can't buy the stickers. Because they're not. You can buy the stickers. Stickers are cheap. You would say that. (laughs) I also could probably just use the stickers I have, but I don't know if if they spark joy. Oh God! Well, now you got to introduce this crap. Everybody already knows what I'm talking about. No, they don't. Don't they? No. They should. So I have been watching Marie Kondo's show on Netflix. Yes. And I like her a lot because, um, largely because she already says things that I believe, which is what makes you like people. Like, yeah, this woman has a Netflix show and she thinks what I think. I'm going to watch the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, but no, I have learned some things too. I'm a, um, uh, obviously a researcher Mm -hmm. by, by nature. Yeah. So, which is I'm sure led me to uh, what I'm doing right now for money, but also, um, you know, it's I just like researching things. It gives me a feeling of control, probably. To Very research? in control. I think it's a type A thing. Yeah. yeah. I could find the best prices. I find the best gifts. I get tips on things like uh, traveling and like, oh, God, it's so fun to research traveling before you go traveling. We on team type G? What, what, what type, type D? Yeah. Type D we on team type D 
we uh, start to reach for something and we're like, oh, God, this is too much. And then we just do something. Oh, you got to make lists. And then you finally do the thing and you are confident that you are um, like saving money, that you're doing the best thing. But then also you got the joy of doing the research. Okay. So you just. Which is great. You can just do the research on all of our. I stuff. already do. Well, that was not the, what the whole point was of earlier in the conversation when I said I struggled. I've been our researching life. plans am, for our honeymoon. That's true. But you've done very little work I have on the wedding itself. No. But nothing on but what have you found in your researches? Okay, so we, we should book a hotel soon for our for the for our listeners. Okay. We're going to Disney World. We're going to Disney World. Yeah, which is that a weird honeymoon? No. Like, I think that's didn't a, the your per- parents say they went to Disney World? I don't know where they went. It sounds like the best honeymoon. It sounds like it to me. It's relaxing, but right. also you get to do a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and they're very accommodating to tourists. Yeah. Whereas if we went to Paris, they'd be like, I hate it's, you. I don't know. What I, they, don't, I don't. Was that a French I accent? No, that was oh. not close. But I don't think the French actually hate Americans. You're allowed to Let's impersonate French people, right? Yes. That's you're like still, an acceptable... You're still allowed to impersonate the French. <laughs> so. I hate you. That, come on. That's, that's... Im- no. Oh. That wasn't even close. Okay. I am terrible at impressions. I admit that You've I'm terrible better. at impressions. That's ac- true. That wasn't even an impression. That was an accent. An impression. You know, if I actually difficult. researched how French people talk, yeah, but I don't research. what people do. They put work into it. They don't just right. start speaking. Right, 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 right. So if I... It's okay. not a God-given talent to know what people in other regions of the world sound like point is i researched our honeymoon and we should probably book a hotel for disney world soon so what has come of your research uh it seems like we might be able to get a it's gonna probably gonna be like a hundred dollars a night to stay at a hotel just staying in the hotel that's not the park and the park is also gonna be like a hundred you see all the parks so for each of us it's gonna be like it's gonna be like over it's like over a thousand dollars if yeah. we're there for four days. Interesting, because we're talking about saving money right yeah, now. Yeah, but you know what? I okay, One of the reasons you save money is so, so you could you use it on this. something that you yes. value. Something that sparks so, joy, you might say. Yes. Oh. <laughs> I've never watched Marie Kondo. There's a very good chance I live my whole life and never much. You Marie probably Kondo. won't. I do, the, I do things like watch Marie Kondo for you and then i distill it down to the necessary information which is does this thing spark joy if the answer is yes yeah, you keep it if it's no well, you get it's a little it. more complicated but yeah that's the general premise and i think you know it's you're rolling your eyes right now but so many people don't live that way that's why marie kondo has a show okay so what about so that obviously is is setting aside things that are practical like that trash can does not spark joy but it's practical yeah but you want to find a trash can that sparks joy does that trash can spark joy um i here's what i I like that it has a lid i did (laughs) i I researched trash oh yeah you don't want a trash can that's wide open obviously it's yeah a lot of people have that a lot lot of people dumb i won't name names but i know people who have gone without trash cans in the past without trash cans yes Without trash cans was <laughs> a necessary piece of we're, 
of kitchen. I don't even know what you call it. It's not furniture. I can't remember where it was once. I was, I was at like another comedian's apartment, and there was like in the bathroom there was no soap, and I was like, that sounds about yeah, right. Yeah, soap sparks. <laughs> it There's sounds about never right. Soap in the men's room. It was obviously a male comedian. Well, yeah. Well, statistically, that I had a pretty good shot there anyway, but. The men's room never has soap. Oh, no, they usually have soap. Most men's mm. rooms have soap. Maybe there are occasionally there's some that don't have which soap. Men's rooms I'm going into. I guess. I mean, the men's room at an office is gonna have soap. I hope. No, if you're thinking of like a like a bar, they do. Oh, there's never usually soap have soap. In a men's room at a bar. There's some that don't. Yeah. That is true. You gotta bring your own soap. The Eurogyro bathroom is bad. Yeah. It stinks. It's gross. That's an open mic in Kent for our listeners. Probably cut that. <laughs> what? In case, the, in case the owner hears it. In case the owner hears it? It's a classic, like, everyone at the mic jokes Knows about how gross the bathroom gross. is. They, I was we don't on, want to insult people's bathrooms. Someone mentioned movers that. Movers and shakers in the industry, and suddenly nobody's listening to our podcast. I was on stage and the bartender said something about they had a health inspection. And I was like, did you lock the bathroom door? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's gross. There's pornography on the walls. You like, por- are thinking of someplace else. Am I? Yeah. I was thinking of the Euro. Wait, what's the place we went in Kent? No, that's the Euro Gyro, isn't it? Oh, you've been oh, there. Oh, hold on. I am thinking of somewhere else. Okay. Is it Georgia City Light? Maybe. I have not been there. We were there 10 years ago. We were there twice, eight years ago. I don't know. Who cares? Okay. Ultimately. Yeah. Next. Oh. What are we talking about? Well, Marie Kondo. We're talking about Marie Kondo. You have more to say about does this spark Everybody should watch that. I think the my favorite thing. So, okay. Like I said, I love to hear people on television agree with me, I think. Like most, like most humans. Right? I love to read and watch things uh, where people agree with me. And I'm like, yes, see, there's more of us, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> and they got a television show, so you know that they're right. Anyway, um, but then what I really watch, like, I like the practical tips. So Marie Kondo, uh, one of the most exciting things in our apartment recently is that I Marie Kondoed my drawers. You also because... use Marie Kondo as a verb. Yeah. And now I do. Wouldn't... So I folded things the way she folds things and put them in the drawer the way she did it. And it saved so much space, which is great. That's, <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Yeah. I'm just like, watch Marie Con. It makes me very happy to get rid of things. And it makes yeah. me happy. That's like, That was a great Jerry Seinfeld me... joke. He's like, I view everything as being in different stages of being trash. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember the whole joke. I only saw him do it live. And I don't, I can't remember That's ever being on a, on a, like, in a, in a what? recorded. I mean, there's something to that, though. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Is it a callback if it's not a joke? It's callback to earlier when we were talking about, uh, you know, lectures and things. You know, comedy has to be true. I think yeah. everybody who's ever done comedy agrees with that, especially the people who wrote the book Truth and Comedy. But um, it's got to be, it's even worse if it's not true and it's a lecture. Yeah. But nobody goes to a comedy show to hear a lecture anyway. Even Professionals know not to lecture the audience, although some yeah. people preach to the choir once they've found a niche. Niche? 
audience. That's one time I don't want to hear people I agree with. Is that a comedy show? Telling me stuff. Is it a comedy show? Yeah, I didn't come for that. Yeah. I mean, you got to agree with them too. I don't want to hear them lecture me. Yeah, professionals won't usually lecture. Yeah. Open micers normally. <laughs> Some people have without made say, a lot of money. Without saying names, I was recently at an open mic, which was a very there was an audience, which is not always at an open mic, and they were a very hot audience. A hot audience refers to a crowd that laughs quite easily. Right. Usually, even a mediocre com- comedian is going to have a good set. And this, and a comedian, well, not really a comedian, a person who went on stage at a comedy night just lectured the audience. And it, it just, it made, it made people, I looked like people were not in a, like, they were just like, even people who maybe even yeah. agreed with this person were not in, because they don't like being talked down to. They don't, and it so- ruined the room. And the other comedians, like, didn't really have good sets because they had to follow that. And they had, they had to try to pick the room back up. A lot of people left. I would say best case scenario if you are at a comedy show you get up ostensibly to do comedy and you lecture yeah you talk to people who agree with you best case scenario and now they're pissed about the thing that you're lecturing them about yeah they're not you brought up a problem yeah you're like let's all it's like you know again in the middle of a comedy show when you get bad news hey remember that thing that makes you so angry i want to talk about it right now before this guy gets up and tells you some dick jokes yeah that's never gonna work yeah but for some people an open mic is the only place that they you know have the ability to talk about well there might be some people that use open because mic. they've alienated all their friends their family uh, at that point there could be some people that use open mics as therapy well they just it's an open microphone yeah and where nobody is challenging them. Right. So it's not usually strong-minded people either. They're looking for a venue where they, they're not looking for a debate. Well, it's also beginners. It's people who want to be comedians, but they have not, they've been doing it less usually. Most people at Open Mic are between, have less than three or four years of experience. People who have more experience of that usually are using the Open Mics to actually work on stuff. That's a good point. And as I said earlier, humor has an element of aggression and violence. Yeah. And it works on real sensitivity. So I think a lot of people who are just starting out confuse humor with just talking about sensitive topics or potentially offensive topics. That's true. Some people think that being offensive equals being funny. Some people think being vulgar equals funny. And some people think that being truthful equals funny. The only thing that equals funny is being funny. Yeah. And that's still up for debate. But I would say (laughs) the only thing that equals being funny is uh, uh, finding that conflict. Yeah, okay. And revealing it. Okay. Toss it, kicking it around a little. We were supposed to not talk about comedy anymore. Although one thing I do want to do today is I I want you to You spelled Marie Kondo wrong. You spelled it like Kondo the Apartment. How's it spelled? She's Japanese. I think okay. it's with a K. Okay, I'm very sorry to Marie Kondo. <laughs> I'm sorry that you don't have a C in your name. Are there C's at all in the Japanese language? Well, I don't know. I don't know Japanese, but I'm just telling you it's Marie Kondo with a K. In okay. case you're ever Googling it. Well, Google would figure it out for you, I guess. 
<laughs> so <laughs> did you mean this person marie's her condo <laughs> marie's condo the porn site with a live webcam i mean if marie condo got so big there's some that there would be a spinoff called marie's condo no, that i'm is saying there's on, there's por- definitely somewhere on Pornhub marie's condo and it's a naked woman folding her clothes <laughs> Is that just into it? that? That would be a great somebody's gag if, into... if, if the sex never happened. It was just a naked woman folding clothes. That, well, that's not. And then a thing. guy came in naked, and she taught him how to fold clothes. And then they never had sex. Yeah, that'd be funny. Or just somebody else likes to watch that. <laughs> well, I guess there's something to be said about a naked. I guess some people would be into just a naked woman doing stuff. I mean, it's still... There are obviously people who are into naked women doing things. Okay, fine. Okay, sh- Okay, whatever. All right, next. Oh. Uh, we were going to talk about cheat days. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, cheat days are great, but... You know what I think is interesting about our current cheat weekend, let's be real, is that we are not on the same cheat schedule. Yeah. Because I did Friday, Saturday, you did Saturday, Sunday. I think what I've learned about a cheat day is cheat meals are better. Because, like, when it's a cheat day... I can't tell you this again. No, you're referring to cheating from keto. Keto, specifically. So you're talking about in a general sense. In a general sense, just doing... I think it's better to do it... Because, like, doing a cheat day, it was just like... I had pancakes in the morning. I had donuts for lunch. I had... Ice cream as a snack. Later, I had pizza. Then I had more pizza, and I had alcohol. It was really just too much. You were in the middle of your second cheat day, so you could change course if you wanted to. I almost The question ate, is, will you? I because ate, there's half a pint of Handel's ice cream still in the freezer. I ate so much yesterday that I don't even really want to have a cheat day today. No, don't get me wrong. I'm eating some of that ice cream today. Okay. And I'm so eating the whatever's left of the donuts you know but i'm but i'm not gonna eat pasta because or pizza again i thought you were like when you said pasta (laughs) don't get me wrong i'm eating all the carbohydrates simple (laughs) ones the sugars but i will not eat anything with fiber in it (laughs) i won't do it i won't do it because somebody's gonna draw a line don't get me wrong look i'm not having fruit i actually did have fruit and it was good i can't believe that orange Um, that has been in our fridge for five weeks is still oh fresh. You oh, it's such oranges. a fresh orange. This, the orange this podcast is, is brought close. to you by Tropicana. The orange is close. Is my favorite fruit. Let's just say it. Let's just throw it out there. The orange is my favorite Poor decision. fruit. Poor choice. And I'll explain to you why. The orange tastes delicious. Right? There's no arguing with that. An orange is yummy. It's got that orange flavor, right? <laughs> it's got, like, the pulp so good, right? You hate the texture of an orange. I get but it. But it is fleshy on the inside. Like you eating. Take, you do all the work of taking the rind off, and then it's got a web of human skin encasing the delicious pulpy part. More orange for me. That's true. That's a good point. So I don't get it's it's not it's a tra it's tragic in my life. I'm not I'm sad about it. I wish that the orange was easier. For so all of the people Montesano, Excuse if you're me. listening to this, Excuse me. people who in, are in charge of genetically modifying organisms. Oh God! If the Japanese can make a square watermelon, 
then might I propose? <laughs> shut up. Might I propose? No. That we science has the ability to make an orange that is that doesn't have the inside skin. I like that now you're leaning right into the microphone. This is very important so to me. So we completely imbalanced. I'm going to have My... to Marie Kondo this episode. This is important to me. My fellow Americans, at this time in our country's history, what? Nothing. I'm waiting pri- for you to listen. We prioritize <sighs> delicious fruits. Make them more accessible to the average person. Take away all of the things that make fruit. While we're at it, let's talk about the pomegranate. Pomegranate juice, delicious. Pomegranates, impossible to eat. What are the Greeks doing over there? Are they just chomping on seeds? Because it's weird and gross. The pomegranate has clearly evolved to not be eaten by human people. So I say, who are we, you know, as people, if we can't manipulate nature into being what we want it to be? (laughs) Why can't we? Humans are not worth their salt if they cannot manipulate nature into being our food. (laughs) Correct. When we say you're our food, you're our food. There is nothing that God has put on this earth. That we haven't eaten. That we haven't eaten. We've tried every animal. We've tried it all. Chicken, good. Ferret. Don't eat this one again. That we can't make a little bit better. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Okay. That's all. What was your favorite part of your cheat day? Just just say that and we'll be done with the topic. Nicolini's. Nicolini's, a restaurant in Youngstown. You ate Yes, I had the uh, pasta Giordana. Uh, It was a close call, too. Try it, fellas, if you're ever in Youngstown, Ohio. If Nicolini's wants to sponsor our podcast, I'll be happy to to read their menu to our listeners. We were at Nicolini's and the waitress came over and said, Hi, I'm Nicolina. Did she say Michelina? I'm pretty I heard sure Nicolina. I'm pretty sure she said she's Michelina. And I was working like, at Michelini's. <laughs> well, there's actually it's so close. There's some science behind that, right? If your yeah. name is Nicolina, you are more likely to want to work at a place called Nicolini. Yeah, Joe Zimmerman had that joke. We're attracted to on his album. Did he? What, what did he say? Oh, he he used it was he he was talking about your first name. Oh, that's is like right. Your job. Yeah, your job. There's more. Yeah, and he Dennis, did, he did some. <laughs> Yeah, and he, he that's did, right. And he uses it. I think he uses it um, as a crowd so my, work. He does he crowd work thing too. Yes, my favorite thing he, about Joe Zimmerman. It. What are my favorite comics? My favorite, one of my favorite things about he's great, right? Underrated. Yeah, I hope he comes to the area soon. There's real science behind this. I like that he like does research. You he know, takes a scientific fact and then he points out. Like, you know, I actually the, the inherent ridiculousness in reality. I, I actually listened nature. to a podcast with him, and he <clears> was talking, and, and he was talking about how jokes that are about, you know, when you're telling the audience something they don't know, and he says it has to be three times as funny as it is educational, which I thought that was interesting. That'll, you know, we'll do that moving forward. So it's like you can't just do today. you can't just do a joke <laughs> about Australia. Well, that probably ties into. And it's facts. 
Yeah, nobody wants to be lectured. Yeah, I would also say right? if you're going to do something... A lecture is not just political. A lecture can be about science. Yeah, I would also say too. if you're going to do something gross or vulgar, you have to be three times I as funny. I would say ten times Ten as times funny. As, as funny yes. as you are gross to make it work? Are we... Are you thinking of any specific comedians that are... I'm thinking of... I'm, well, I definitely am thinking of specific <laughs> people who are not ten times as funny as they are gross. But I was actually thinking of um, somebody who I sort of... I dub myself the unofficial, I don't know, allower of people to be gross. And I was thinking of somebody, that's my phone. Yeah, drip, it's fine. Make it a dripping noise. That's yeah, fine. Um, and I was just thinking about somebody I once told, narcissistically, I was like, you're allowed to be gross because you're you're that funny. I don't know, are we naming names on this podcast? No, if we're, if I guess not. Nice things, I guess we're not naming yeah. names. Because everyone's, everyone's just trying to do comedy. There. If, and if even if it's nice though, just because what if they don't want to be associated with this podcast or with us? Oh, are you saying something nice? Yeah, I'm saying something nice. I know somebody who um, is allowed to be gross. Oh, if you're saying something nice, then say her name. She, she's just that. Then funny. say the But what name. if she doesn't want her name out there? Fine, then don't say her name. I'll just say that it was somebody okay. who was on an improv team with me okay. and coached one of your improv okay. teams. And you're saying she. Yeah, allowed to she's be. allowed to be gross. Well, you know, women can sometimes get away with being gross That's more than men. true, too, I guess, now that you're saying it. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah. Because women, well, or is it not true? Is it the opposite of true? <sighs> I have to think on this for a while. Well, Write it down and we'll talk about it next time well, after I've thought about it. Well, perhaps it is becoming, well, obviously culture changes and maybe if a woman it, was gross in the it 50s. It depends on what you're talking about. I've, okay. I've thought about it. You don't have to write it down. Okay. It's, it depends on what kind of gross you're being. Yeah. Because women are less, um, like, dangerous, I guess is the word. The thing, women aren't as gross as men. When yeah. it comes to sex stuff, yeah. women are not as gross as men. Sorry, everybody out there. It can be nature or nurture or whatever, you know, but for whatever reason, women are not as gross we as men. We all know men are more gross than women. You don't. Yeah. But I'm Everyone saying for everyone who's like, women can be equally as gross as men or men can. What do you mean men are gross? It's, you know, for Ugh. whatever reason, society, whatever. Right. Does, Anyone who's arguing equality of grossness, I don't want to talk to you anyway. <laughs> go, go lecture at an open mic. Yes. Or was you... it the Eurogyro? No, you I don't want to say what the... it was. Oh, I'm not okay. calling oh, anyone right, out. Right, I don't right, even right, actually right, know the person's right. name. You're right. Okay. So, sorry, I leaned in again. I got real passionate and I leaned in. Um, I forgot. Oh, so in some ways, women are less like dangerous right so they can be like sexually more gross than men sometimes i think somebody would probably fight me on that but i think that if you are making um some kind of joke where you are the pervert in the joke yeah like, women have more leeway because outside of wherever you are i was like outside of the hall well, I don't, wherever you do comedy outside the of hall the, the beer off, halls off stage you know the beer halls the i many, perform in the many beer halls all those BSWs outside, I do. Outside. I actually heard those pay good. Anyways. They probably do. Outside of comedy, men are more predatory. Or at least seen as more predatory. Yeah, men are more... 
So <laughs> women per- women can be predatory. Yeah, men are the pursuers and sexually. The line in being gross. Yeah. They're allowed to. Yeah. Uh, but if you're talking gross in a different way, in many ways still women are expected to uh, whether or not it's right be the uh, I don't know the policers of behavior uh, for men yeah so if they're you know maybe in that sense they're not allowed to be as as disgusting uh, right? and men you know if they are seeing women as sexual beings might be turned off by not just turned off sexually but turned off uh, of their comedy if they're you know performing a role outside of the if they're gross maybe i don't know i can't think of a specific instance of someone being too gross or being funny enough to, being funny being enough gross in that way mm. but are you, are you saying in an instance where they're where she's funny or no where she is where a man would i you know would be turned off yeah i can't think of uh, <laughs> <laughs> how'd that work for you is you burped, and I turned off by a burp. I'm not grossed out by a burp. It's a burp. Okay. So, anyway. It's very complicated. It works in a number of different ways. Yeah. It was Patricia. <laughs> We're talking about Patricia. Yeah, well, you gave her a compliment, so it's not calling her out. I know. I, You're but, complimenting you know, a person. I didn't say her last name. On so. her uh, humor. Uh, so, we've ended up talking way too much about comedy. Well, cut it up. No, I'm not, I'm not editing. Edit it I'm so not it sounds editing. like work. I'm not editing this thing unless there's something that you say or I say and we're like, oh, I don't want to say that. That's the it's only like time I'm editing Alfred this. Hitchcock it's too much work. Said that I already have to edit something out of it. Was the... it Alfred Hitchcock? What? He said that movies are life with all the boring parts cut out or something like that. Podcast... Edit out the boring parts. <laughs> Podcasts are um, life with all the boring with parts all in. The boring parts. We leave the boring parts in here. That's what we should our podcast all the boring parts all the boring parts left in <laughs> okay, okay. The one last thing i want to talk about and this <clears throat> is about comedy but i wanted to um because we're talking about comedy a lot on this podcast i wanted to do this on our podcast instead of just doing it yeah non-recorded because I, like... I wanted to get your advice on a bit of mine that i've been trying it was I can't. I first wrote this a couple of years ago. I tried to get to work. I didn't have the right angle. I forgot about it. I brought it back. And this past Sunday, oh, today's Sunday. So this is a week ago. I performed it at the Whistle and Keg in Youngstown, and I got a good response from it. And I I don't have it nailed down. I don't have the ending. And the whole actually the second half of the bit is still a work in progress. Some of it I actually improvise in the moment from the stage. Okay. So I want to just talk about this joke. I thought that's how most good jokes work. You hone it a little bit when you're in front of people. I think you need you to do, do that. That's I think the you that's do. the editing process. I think you do. Or part of the editing process. Okay. So I want to. I'm gonna start playing this joke. It's like <laughs> like I'm talking about this. Like I've like I've done it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll play this joke <laughs> okay. for you, and you okay. you uh, tell me to pause if you want. So okay. it's a little less than four minutes long, but hopefully hopefully the the sounds good. Where this person from the past 
is, is telling you all these great truths about life. But you never imagine from the other guy's point of view, never imagine from Ben Franklin's point of view who has to go to dinner with you. <laughs> if I had to take Ben Franklin to dinner, it would just be a disaster. It would be, they would have, first of all, you gotta go, first of all, he's in heaven. You gotta go up to heaven. He's up there with a French prostitute. <laughs> really Frenchy and really prostituting. Frank just enjoyed himself out of the time of his life. Then some idiot goes up there like, and they like hold up a hundred dollar bill. They're like, hey, is this you? And then Frank is like, oh shit, I'm on money. That's cool. And then they're like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta go down to Earth and have dinner with this guy. And Ben Franklin's like, wait, what? Um, I'm with this nice prostitute. Also, we're in heaven and there's no syphilis. It's great. No syphilis up here. I love it. And they're like, no, yeah, you gotta, I'm really sorry, but this kid picked you. And you gotta, you gotta have dinner with him. And Franklin's like, well, alright, I guess. I mean, is he, uh, is it the president? And there's a guy who's like, no. Is it a person of general influence? No, he's actually up for a job. It's just this kid from Ohio. Ben's like, oh, Ohio, is he an Indian? Mm, he's a fan of the Cleveland Indians. So then Ben Franklin comes to planet Earth and I gotta take him to dinner. And uh, I'm on a budget, so I just take him to Wendy's. I mean, he's from 1780. He's not gonna know what a good restaurant is. It's gonna start out good, because Ben Franklin's gonna be, uh, he's gonna be really impressed by that pot machine. You know, 190 flavors, you just press a button. Diet, caffeine-free, whatever you want. And he's gonna be like, yeah, awesome, cool. Then we'll sit down to eat. But then, but then I'm gonna show my true colors. He's gonna have questions about life. He's gonna be like, what's that rectangle thing on the desk? And I'll be like, oh, that's my phone, it has the internet. And he's gonna be like, what's the internet? And I'm gonna be like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it used to, in the 90s, it was through the phone. And Franklin's like, yeah, you said that, it's on the phone. And I'm like, no, it was through the other phone. It made this really obnoxious noise, it was AOL, we got 53 hours. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, all right, let, let's change the conversation. Let's change the conversation. All right, what's going on in politics? And I'm like... I think something was happening in Syria, but that may have been in 2013. <laughs> and he's like, okay, okay. And then it's just really awkward, and then and, and we, we get a frosty, and that maybe picks some things up a little bit. <laughs> and then I'm like, how's your son? And he's like, my son's a loyalist, I hate him. <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't I, I guess dinner's over. So the moral of this story is, if you have to have dinner with any person, living or dead, pick Ben Franklin's servant and just get drunk with him. That's what I'm saying. That joke needs a better ending. And okay, so that's... Um, so I hope for anyone listening that that actually um, was able to pick up and that you were able, able to hear can't that joke. You, if they can't, can't you cut it in with like your, oh, yeah, I guess your I, technical I, I, skills? Why didn't we just do that? I already to told begin you that with? I have no desire to, uh, to edit this podcast. But yes, I could do that if they don't hear. So that's a joke that I'm working on. Mm -hmm. um, there are holes in it and lots of room for improvement. But you were working on that. 
before. Yeah. I don't know what it was before. Well, I can tell you originally it was originally it was we got to go get Ben Franklin in 1780. And some, and maybe even you gave me the advice that he's in he, go get him in heaven. Was that you? I said you got to look at it from his perspective. Ben Franklin's got to have dinner with you. Yeah, what well, no, it was from... Okay, well, it was... Yeah, it was... You're the one that came up with heaven and the prostitute and all that. Yeah. Well, it was always stuff. the point of view that I'm letting Ben Franklin down. That he was... That... Oh. Yeah. You're not... It was always from the point of view I, that I was letting Ben Franklin down. Okay. The joke is that you imagine... This stupid question that you always hear. The joke is that you always imagine this great conversation with a famous person. But what you don't realize is that you probably bring nothing to the table. Yeah, you're you know what I mean. To the table. Yeah. So, wait, what are we doing here? Oh, I just Analyze wanted advice. Yeah, advice. I wanted, I wanted you okay. to help I took, me. I took notes. Oh yes. I took notes. Okay. So what do you this, got? Well, I'll tell you the last thing I wrote first because okay. before you said this joke needs a better ending, I was like, better ending? Like <laughs> some like the button is. I say we need something. There. Yeah. How did you end it? Oh, I, 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 I don't. Forgot. The ending I have is not that good. I say so. What a point I'm making is if you have to have dinner with any person living or dead, pick Ben Franklin's servant and then just get drunk with him. That got a laugh. It got I a mean, little it's laugh. Not, it's, it's not a. Not a it's not a ending. great button. It's serviceable. Um. Yeah. I, I mean, know. no, you Something actually think about it. gave me advice earlier because I first talked to you about this a week ago. You and said something about then I have to lie to my friends about how the dinner went. Oh, maybe that's So that's an, another thing. Yeah. It's also possible. An, another thing I thought about is that Ben Franklin goes up to get a frosty, and then I see him having a great conversation with the guy who works at Wendy's, and then maybe I overhear the Wendy guys, the the guy who works at Wendy's explaining how the internet works. Oh, yeah. So that's a, po- that's a, that's yeah. a possibility. I just thought of that maybe. in the moment. Maybe. I don't know. I just overhear the pimply cashier go, yeah, it, it, I don't. I actually don't know how the internet works. Actually, uh, another comedian brought up to me, there's apparently a, I did, I did this uh, this version on another open mic, and I had Franklin say, how's the internet work? And I go, yeah, I don't know. And apparently there's a joke by Nate Bargatze that has a similar line where he says, someone asked him how the internet works back in time and he just says i don't know so i might have to look that bit up and make sure that i'm not yeah the the comedian told me that it it, like the bits are not similar he just told me to beware of that line so i might have to look that up and make sure that there's no layover i think i said this last time too if you pretend like you do know well that would that would radically then the line is then i've got to lie to ben franklin okay so now i gotta lie to ben franklin and I'm like, yeah, there's there's a bunch of tubes in 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 the sky. It's like it's They're like invisible ha- tubes. It's like big, you know, hamster tubes. tubes. And he's like, no. And I'm like, oh yeah. So I could do something. Yeah, I could do something like that. Too to, complicated for you. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so a couple of other things. I mean, I think what makes this joke work is largely the detail. There's probably something that you can do with the French prostitute. Like, it's an old-timey French prostitute. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I don't know. Wait, you she, mean a, it's a different set of rules. You mean a callback you know yeah. to the French prostitute later in the joke? No, no. During the joke, there's, you could, there's more to unpack with just the French prostitute. Okay. 
Like, why is it a French prostitute? More importantly... <laughs> ben Franklin likes French prostitutes. He prostitute. likes French prostitutes. But, uh, you know, there's a moment there. There's a little more showing that you could be doing. Yeah. Right? So it's like not just a French prostitute. It's an old-timey French prostitute. So she's got a whole different set of rules than your current French prostitutes. Uh, you think this would go in the beginning of the joke? Yeah, because I think the beginning when he's of in the, the heaven okay. in heaven with a French prostitute. There's yeah. more to unpack there. Okay, I didn't want to make that part of the joke too long. It, I think this is already a long joke. So it's consistently yeah. getting a laugh with everybody. Yeah, that's true. Uh, there's nothing wrong with a long joke. In fact, I know. most of your jokes are follow that rhythm. You're not a one liner. No, I'm not. It's you know no with you it's long abstract yeah another comedian punches within um, the joke another comedian jerry jaffe heard me say this in a more earlier form a couple months ago and he said that's a classic jason molitorno joke yeah and i said i will take that as a great call that's one of the things <laughs> that that's one of the things that can go either way classic you no he meant it as a compliment no i'm and sure I, he did but yeah. he wouldn't have said it out loud yeah. There's a lot of complimenting when you do something on stage that I've never been quite comfortable with. As in when one gets complimented or you? Both. Both the complimenting and the being complimented. I'm like, we don't have to go through this ritual. Every yeah. single time one of us gets off the stage, we don't have to say, great set. Yeah. Just look at each other. Like, we know. You know? It's, I mean, I know why it happens. Yeah. It's an ego thing. When you get on a stage, you're very vulnerable. You know, you're opening yourself up. Getting, when you come off a stage and somebody says, great set, or that was really funny or something, it closes it. Sometimes good it's job so just vulnerable. means good job of getting up there. It's like, hey, you did it. I'm <laughs> yeah, on, I'm on the, gonna say that. I'm on the same team as you. That's, That's what worse. The if somebody gets off the stage and you say, hey, really great job just getting up there. Right? It's really just about getting up there. That's a horrible thing to say yeah, to another person. Yeah, that's an insult, person. but it, I guess I'm not It should be. What no, I, mean. I think you're right in, the, in what I'm trying to say. It should be acceptable. Yeah. To say, listen, that wasn't awesome, but you got up there, and that's what matters. Because that's what you mean half the time. The, and it's an, it's an integral part. I've said this before. If you're going to do anything creative, including stand-up comedy, you have to, one of the reasons people don't do it or don't get good at it is because there's a built-in failure. You must be prepared to get in front of people and fail, and that's the only way to get good. Yeah, in front of people, as opposed to other art forms where you you write a shitty novel and you, you just put it in no, your you drawer. You still have to be able to do that. You still have to be able to fail to get good at something. Yeah, that's why. I'm saying with comedy, people have to watch you fail. You're doing in front of people. It's still the same concept. If you are writing, you shouldn't, first of all, you shouldn't write a whole novel without anybody ever seeing part of it. <laughs> right? That's a sign that maybe it's not so great. You should write a piece. That's why people submit chapters. Oh, okay. You submit chapters. If somebody likes the direction, then you keep going. Okay. I don't know the process of novel like the Well, I think it's that way in everything creative. You have to get outside input. Now, it is more immediate in stand-up comedy. Yeah. I mean, you're getting some feedback when you're off stage. 
but you're getting a lot of feedback when you're on stage. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same if, you know, it's opening night of a play. You're getting that feedback and you have to be, I mean, it's not the same in that you don't have to be, you have to take a risk that you could fail. It's risky then. Yeah. But when you are doing something like stand up or even, I mean, to some extent, maybe improv, right? You have to, you're doing it or writing because you have to do it with the audience. Mm -hmm. You have to do it with the feedback in order to get good. And you have to be willing to suck because something you do is going to suck. I agree. I think you're right. I think that's why a lot of people either don't do it at all or don't get good at it because they're not willing to keep practicing and keep sucking. And it's tough doing these long jokes because sometimes you don't get them from the start. And then you're like, You're never going to get them from the start. These are never going to be complete from the start. Yeah. Because some of the writing. No, no, I mean from the I mean from the start stage. of the joke. I'm saying I'm trying to work on my Ben Franklin five my five minute long Ben Franklin joke and I, I'm one minute in and I've lost all their attention. Oh, you don't get the audience. Yeah. From the start. Maybe I told it wrong or maybe they're just maybe it's an open mic then where they're gotta, not really invested in watching comedy to begin with. Probably cut it short. And yeah. There, or see if you can bring them back. Well, if it's a crappy open mic, I'm just working on stuff. I'll just be like, "Hey, all right, this isn't working. I'm switching gears." Also, I think that you have, have there are two details that could add a lot to this joke. Which one? I forget the one we're talking about. The Ben Franklin. No, no, no. Joke. What details? Oh, one is you need some Ben Franklin dialogue in there, some vernacular, like Ben. Oh, Franklin, like an old timey. Like, By Jove, what is this pop machine? You know, or I don't know what. That's, that's more of a British thing. No, that's great, actually. So that's... Ben Franklin vernacular, and then also this guy's getting a job as what? Well, yeah, in that, that line, he's up for a job. And that's just a, a guy, it's that's just a, a guy po- getting a that's job. That's a point of view question because I say I put it in, in my. I started off by making it general about a crappy job interview question. I say you never imagine from the point of view of the other guy who has an interview. Then I switch it to my point of view and I say it would suck if I had to do it. What? No, I'm talking about you have a line where you say. He says, what is it, a general person of influence or something like that? And you yeah. go, no, it's just a guy getting a job. Oh, you're saying specify it? A job is it? what? It's just a okay. guy getting a but job at, at I'm saying Wendy's. at this point in, at this point in the joke, it's, just... it's from my point of view. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's... Just put a job in there, son. Okay, all right. Like, I, could... what is, what's I don't know. I don't understand the complication. I don't you know. have a potential for to make this even more... The, I premise, guess... the premise of the joke is you are a nobody. <laughs> I guess because I personally am not up for a job... Well, you need to put one in there. Okay. It'll make the joke better. Okay. To have that detail. Okay, okay, And okay. it should be a shitty job. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Or a, You're right. Or a You're boring right. You're job. Right. Pick You're a boring right. job. Who cares? You're right. You're right. No, it's a guy up for a job as a receptionist. Yeah. Receptionists not... are ladies. <laughs> Actually, yeah, maybe. Actually, receptionists were probably still men when Ben Franklin was alive. That's true. That's true. Any more um, insights into that joke before we wrap up this episode? Um, I wanted to get your feedback no, on the no, joke. I think you that. gave me some good stuff. The vernacular Thanks. is probably a really good one. In fact, by Joe is probably... <laughs> what do you say? I mean, that's a nice, simple... What is Dave's diet? 
Yeah. It's like, so... who is Dave? Can I meet him? And then I have to explain that Dave died Dave some Thomas years ago. Dave Thomas Dave. And Dave he... Thomas, where he can know him from heaven. I don't know. And then it's quiet for a little while. Dave Thomas, I've seen him in heaven. Oh, it's hard to get an appointment with Dave Thomas. I don't know. Dave Thomas was an angel, is yeah. my point. Dave Thomas um, was an angel on earth. Oh, I do need to, to bring up... I'm sorry every day that he's gone. I need to bring up electricity somehow. I think yeah, I may have done this where Ben Franklin asked me about these... Oh, these electric I lights! What? How do these work? But that's... Suggested at one point that you could pretend like you invented the phone to try to impress him. And then if you did that... I do think that deviates from my character and from that joke a little. I think that... Maybe. But then you Makes it like, more absurd. So, or I guess if you're explaining what it is you can spend a little bit more time explaining what you do with it and he's like this miracle of modern technology and what what are you doing with this yeah. and then you tell him what you do online and then you're like so thanks for electricity i guess <laughs> oh that's interesting so he yeah. talks about so i so the joke would be that the internet is this great invention but most people use it for porn and um and like following people their stupid friends they already see in life oh yeah we're listening to their fate oh well they're just like oh my my friend who i already my see in life just sent me a picture of our dog <laughs> yeah my mom sent me my mom and my sister sent me a picture of the dog this is a this is a group chat between me and my mom and my sister we just mainly sent pictures of the dog yeah and it would be true yeah well, Which is something that you're trying to do too is add, I think, yeah. more of yourself into there. The yeah, show. that's true. There's a lot of there's a lot of play opportunity. There's a lot of opportunity for play in this joke. Well, you're bringing it back. You're bringing it back around. Well, to I the actually, I... that's cool. <laughs> you know, play theory by Brian Boyd. Oh, is that not what you were doing? I was. Um, well, kind of. <laughs> well, no, I. Uh, I wasn't talking about play theory. I just meant there's a, there's an opportunity for playfulness. Kick things. Play around. theory is about that that it's like play aggression. No, not necessarily. It's just trying to set up sort of a context. Okay. This is how humor works. This is a way for us to talk about humor. It's there are these connections to other things in life. Yeah. Well, one of the okay. So one of the central things about this joke is the feeling of inadequacy that one would have yeah but I obviously think... so here okay here's another problem with this joke obviously it's not a real situation okay mm -hmm. the leaping off point is a stupid throwaway job interview question all right no one wants me to mock that question for four minutes but if i use that as a leaping off point to to mock a, yourself a, yeah to mock myself and by extension accomplished everyone else should identify with it and basically the sense is that we uh, feel inadequate and we wouldn't be able to hold ourselves in a conversation with someone of great influence this doesn't fit your joke i said something when we were talking before about the fact that ben franklin like invented the post office by the time he was like 20 i don't know oh no no no. I don't even know no you you said you made a suggestion have ben franklin say i invented the post office before i was 30 yeah that is a good line 
Well, be, that but, would be it would be cool it, to I work mean, that line in. I don't think that Ben Franklin, the character, becomes aggressive in the context of this game. He's just continuously disappointed. It's more about you disappointing. So Ben, ben Franklin, Franklin is always disappointed. So, but this might this doesn't fit probably your yeah. joke. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. We'll see. But uh, I think it would be really funny if when Ben when Ben Franklin is interrupted with the French prostitute, they're like, "They need you on Earth," and he's like, "Something wrong with the post office." <laughs> <laughs> Like he's a superhero. They need more kites. Uh, yes. Anyway, that's just something, well, I don't, something to chew on. Something to chew on. Yeah. What's that a reference to? Nothing. Oh, that's a phrase people use. Oh, that is okay. I thought you. No, it's the, the chew. You know, on. Ben Franklin invented school tobacco. I thought you didn't know what you meant. No, he might. I. But, I, it, it could work that Ben Franklin slightly turns on me at the end. You I don't, don't think, know. You don't think? I don't know. I think keep this about your, yeah, your insecurity. It's it's funnier if Ben Franklin feels awkward. Yeah. Like he's giving it, well, a, that he's is giving it, it his best try. That is what it is, basically. And that's what you see more. When you feel insecure, it's like... I don't want to get into a deep theory uh-huh. conversation again, but like when you feel insecure, to, to maintain that tension of insecurity, you can't have the other person like agree with you. It's it's funnier if you maintain the tension and it's awkward because he's like keeps trying to get you. Like he keeps, yeah, he keeps, it's like it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. It's, 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 it's okay, buddy. It's well, yeah. Well, gets it's uh, uh, and he's just bored. He and checks wants to his get out. pocket watch. Yeah, that's funnier. But if he starts uh, uh, getting angry with you, then it's more aggressive. Okay, your response. You might be, be right. Then you might be right. It would shift the tension. Right. I don't you think it works right. as well. Um, well, now I'm eager to get back to work at this joke, and I can't perform it tonight because it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, I I'm would not, not gonna. I'm not doing comedy. Perform. The Eurogyro open mic will happen during the Super Bowl. They might do it after. Is it because nobody cares? They might delay it to after. In this. No, they just, that open mic never stops. It goes every Sunday. They did it on Christmas Eve. That's really intense. They've done it on Christmas Day. Maybe, well, it may have been canceled Christmas Day. People aren't going to go out. They would, I hope they would, who's going to the Eurogyro? Who owns the Eurogyro? There are does he, a, there does are he a not have a family? Group of a few Kent comedians who I promise you will be at the because Euro nobody loves today. them. That's mean. No, they don't. <laughs> they because it's fun for them. They like they like that place. They like going there. I'm not a, saying anything about the place. I'm insulting the people. Well, no, you shouldn't. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm defending the people. What's open on Christmas? I'm defending them. You know what makes sense to be open on Christmas? Places that people who are who don't celebrate Christmas go. Well, they go to bars. They like who's going to the Eurojet? The movies. All right, going to the movies on Christmas. All right, that makes sense. Chinese restaurants. Okay. Some makes people sense. don't have families in their area. Uh, well, then you know, be better people. Get a family. Be better people. Get a family. Okay. And you won't have to spend Christmas at the Eurogyro. I, That's the saddest thing I've ever I, heard in may, my life. It may have been canceled on Christmas Day. I can't remember. It may have been well, canceled on. Good. Wait, no, no, no. Yeah. I think. 
What day was Christmas Eve on this year? That's like the beginning of a Christmas movie. Oh, I'm just going to go to the Eurogyro for Christmas. <gasps> Why? What happened in your past to make <laughs> nobody love you? <laughs> and then it goes back to, to you know, when he was a child and... I get it. And things that, okay. I get it. You've seen, you 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 seen a Christmas you film the movie. in your lifetime? Okay. All right. Well, we've been doing this an hour and a half, and we're going to... End it. We're going to wrap up. So, anything Go to say? It. Goodbye, everyone who stuck around. Everyone who stuck around. Um, thank you for listening around. to me. This has been uh, us. I don't mean me. Bye, Jan. You know what I mean. Bye, Mike. Okay, Noelle's representing <laughs> my parents. My dad will not listen to this. My mom might. My dad will not yeah, listen to this. Yeah, he will. If just to... Um, you know, I have fans, by the way. If just to compare... I have fans. If just, to, if just to make fun of you later. Oh, yeah, so that's quite possible. He'll listen to it. And if my mom gets wind of this, you know, if people have wrong uh, conceptions of my family. Well, someone—that's not true. She'll mean to listen to it, and then she she'll she'll forget. That's funny. So wait, I people have incorrect assumptions about my family because at the roast. Well, you were at the roast yesterday. Yesterday I was. we had. I went to the yesterday we had a roast, time. and yesterday. Shane had a joke. It was a funny joke, but he was making fun of me, and he did a joke about how my family is. The kind of family where we sit around and we have a board game night and if someone says heck you put a quarter in the jar and that that's a funny joke but that's actually not my what my family is it's not we, yeah Although we have been in matching onesies you and i that was a joke was it or was it pure patriotism okay we were in patriotic one we didn't buy them we just put them <laughs> on at the store and took pictures that might have been yeah. stealing. The point is, there's probably a misconception about my. I could do. I should. I could do more. I need to do more personal jokes. Yeah. Nobody knows who. Who is Jason Molitierno? You intentionally <laughs> mispronounced my name. <laughs> That's something I need to work on. Is it's more personal jokes. But we've been doing okay. it as podcast for an hour and a half, and we've talked way too much about comedy. But we're putting comedy Cut in the name out. of it. I'm not editing this. Parts. I promise you, I'm not fucking editing this. I haven't edited the first two. The first two. I thought you sat here for an hour afterwards with headphones on. What were you doing? I was starting to edit. I edited a little. Okay. But then I was like, okay, I'm only editing the parts that you don't want in. Whatever. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, have fun. I don't know how you end this. All right. Thank you for listening to us. Goodbye. <laughs>